Welcome to the Viva Young Adults podcast. We're the Young Adults Ministry of Viva Church, and we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're already a part of YA or a guest with us today, we hope that what's shared encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. Good evening. How's everyone doing? Hot, right? <laughs> um, sorry, I just want to give just to say I'll be a little awkward because this is my first time kind of speaking in this setting so if my back is towards you the whole time I'm sorry um, but yeah I'm glad you guys are all here and um, again my name is Michelle and I am a member of the exec leadership team for um, Viva Young Adults and I've been to this church for over 15 years yeah and uh, shout out to Lancy who's the one that brought me here <laughs> um, and you know what like Honestly, my love for this church and our leaders, our family here, just grows with time. And like, I'm just so excited and honored to be here to share a word with you tonight. Um, so let's get started. Let's, um, let's pray. Do we have the... Okay, great. Thank you. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for tonight, Lord. We thank you for your presence here. We pray that you would just meet us where we're at. We pray that you would minister to our hearts, Lord, that you would grant us a deeper revelation of who you are and who we are in you, Lord. God, we, I pray that none of me, but all of you, that you would have your will and your way in our lives tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so let me start off with a question. How many of you like traveling? Well, most of you guys? Okay, so how many of you like traveling to try different cultural foods? Oh, all right. So if I were to say, how many of you have tried these? Um, I'll try to narrate for those that can't see it. So on the left hand, oh, sorry, for the right hand side, it's natto that originated from Japan. How many of you have tried that? Oh, all right. And then on the left hand side, it's stinky tofu. Hey. It's, uh, you can have, like it's uh, from Taiwan. And um, how I would describe it is like, it's like tofu. Um, it's like crispy tofu, but then, I mean, you can ask Colin. Um, people say that there's a smell, it smells like sewer. And then if you can go past the smell, it's a, like a um, salty, tangy kind of taste. So yeah. And then last but not least, the middle is deep fried tarantulas in Cambodia. How many of you have tried that? Oh, oh wow, Rob, whoa. Oh, all right. And I just wanted to highlight, I didn't know Rob tried it, but uh, how was it? How was it? It was good? Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so actually, I didn't know Rob had tried it, but I was just going to point out that Jordan had tried fried crickets in Cambodia on our last mission trip there, but I don't know if it was for the thrill of it or was it peer pressure. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you can ask him all about it. So, but you know what, with, even with you know, the thrill seekers in the room, like how many of you would agree that feasting on local foods for days or weeks or months in a row, like there's nothing like spotting a McDonald's or a Starbucks in the middle of nowhere, right? And like immediately you sense like a relief, like ah, finally something familiar and homey, right? So this hominess or this instinctive trust that the drink you ordered at Starbucks in Cambodia should taste as it should in Canada, it's based on a consistency that we've come to rely on, right? So it's 
in the same way that you trust that, you know, when you, whenever you go to Starbucks, they will follow more or less the same drink recipe, right? Likewise, you develop a trust for those that have been consistently there in your life, right? So you, as you know what to expect in your Starbucks drink, you know what to, to expect with your most tr trusted confidants, right? And so this is kind of like the, cons like the consistency in relationship that I want to speak into tonight, all right? So sorry, if I'm going too fast, just bear with me. <laughs> okay, all right. So um, all the values that we deem successful to any relationship, um, be it trust, dependability, authenticity, or respect, um, you know, they're all cultivated by consistency. And, you know, it's... Um, and when we hear the word consistency, it's uneventful. It's very boring, right? But we know, we all know we need it. Um, it's needed to build, you know, when you want to master any skill or develop an area of expertise. Um, you, like, it's, um, it's kind of essential, right? And if I were to put it in a nutshell, I think consistency is needed to build anything of stability, of substance, or strength, um, and resilience. All right, and relationships are no different. So really, a few months ago, I was praying about tonight, and I felt the Lord imprint on my heart, the ministry of consistency. And it took me a while to unpack it, but it's this idea that we can minister consistency in presence, in connection to others. And that can have a profound impact in our lives as well as the lives of others. So... Um, you know, throughout the Bible, when we talk about ministry, um, a lot of people kind of think like ministry as in like a, an office, like a pastor or evangelist, right? Or we think of like a spiritual activity like prayer or worship. But, and then we get kind of preoccupied with trying to fit ourselves into these categories of like, oh, um, you know, these vocations or these roles. But really, ministry, we forget that it's all about serving others, in all contexts, so outside, inside the church, in whatever capacity, big or small, for the glory of God, right? And, you know, what I want to speak into tonight is that um, for years, I also struggled a lot with trying to figure out what God was calling me to, you know, um, what ministry I should serve in, what my giftings are, and really where I belonged. And what I've come to discover is this. Before I even say or do anything, that my presence alone is significant because it carries a powerful message to the people and the place that you go to, all right? So talking about presence, you don't realize how your consistent presence and what it brings when you come to church every Sunday morning. You know, like you're not only bringing strength and bringing um, unity to the mission of the church, right? But what you're communicating, even for you guys here that are coming here on a Sunday evening into this very hot place, you know, what you're communicating by choosing to be here versus anywhere else is that this is worth it. God is worth it. You know, people are worth it. And I'm worth it. Right? And, um, you know, many of you serve at Viva Church, and I recognize, oh, not yet. Not yet. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know, they're really cute, but they're going to come up. So, um, oh, sorry, it is. Sorry, you're right. Okay, go on. <laughs> so how I can bring this point up is here is my three loves. So I'm a proud godmother of uh, Pastor Phil and Franz Kitty. So we have Claire, who's six and a half, Lizzie, one and a half, and Henry, who's almost four. And, um, you know, despite 
witnessing the absolute chaos of them t bringing them out of the house and arriving in one piece to their destination. It never ceases to amaze me how they'd rather go through that ordeal over and over again than take the easier route, which is staying at home, right? And what I've come to discover is that they're making known that it's worth it to the place they go, to the people they meet, it's worth it, right? And, um, you know, they're letting their kids know that it's worth it, you know, including coming to church every Sunday. And um, so many of you, you, this is the next slide. <laughs> so many of you uh, serve at Viva Church, and I may not know you personally, and I hope to get to know you personally. Um, just know that whenever I see you in that kitchen over there in pre-service, um, you know, stuffing your beautiful faces with food or gulping down very hot coffee before you rush upstairs, that your presence is saying something to me. And it just blesses and encourages me because it's saying, hey, we're in this together. You know, we're building the kingdom of God together. And, um, you know, a person that absolutely embodied the ministry of consistency is Papa Bob. And some of you may remember him. Um, he's a John Mon's grandpa who left us about a year ago to be with the Lord. And I can tell you, like, rain or shine, he'd be there second service, um, you know, and sitting in a spot in the sanctuary, the same spot. And I think it's strategic because it's, like, right near the entryway where people come and go. And he would just, like, give you the biggest and most sincere smile, and he'd be like, where's my hug? And then he would just let me know that he's praying for me. And even when I was away on a mission trip for eight months in Cambodia, like he had sent me a Christmas card and in it was a picture of him and with his signature smile and, and his two loves, which are his grandsons. Yes, little John was there. And like that was just telling me and I, I don't remember exactly what was said in the card, but that gesture in itself was telling me, hey, I'm here. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. And this is ministry, guys. And I want you to know, like there are many great pillars in this church, you know, like Miss Rose, um, Papa John and Mary Noseworthy, like get to know them, seek them out, like, you know, hear their stories. And if you need an introduction, like come find me, I'll connect you, okay? So, and the other thing is, you know, your small group leaders, shout out to the small group leaders. Woo! You know, they minister consistency to you by showing up every week and committing to do life together. You know, and you as small group members, and if you're not in one, get in one, um, you know, you can likewise minister consistency to them by showing up, by engaging, by letting them know, hey, this is worth it, right? And, um, you know, Viva Church, as we know, is not just made of, up of leaders. It's made up of all of us, you know, being consistently present and serving in whatever capacity is needed, right? And, um, you know, I believe that our church for this many years has never ceased to minister consistency to this area in downtown Oshawa. And it's because no matter how rough it got, and you heard some stories from Pastor Frank last week, right, in his message. Like he, he never ceased to, um, Pastor Frank, Pastor Chris, you know, our church family, has never um, stopped in, you know, letting people know that we're here and we're not going anywhere. And consistent presence then, People trust consistent presence, which communicates an intentional and persistent love, all right? So just as with the close friend that you're witnessing to or far beyond the one-off meaningful thing that you say or do, it's you consistently being present, showing up, um, you know, being available to connect that nurtures trust, and that allows for a deeper connection, okay? So imagine for a second if all of us got a hold of this principle, 
like how we would thrive as individuals and as a church, you know, enjoying communal living as in the days of Pentecost, you know, and, you know, where they sh were of one heart and one mind and they shared, had everything in common. So my, what I want to say is never think for a moment that it doesn't matter whether you come or not, okay? It matters to God and it matters to the body of Christ. You know, it doesn't have to be complicated because the ministry of consistency is to show up, to keep showing up, and to stay true to what you've committed to in your relationships, in ministry, okay? So repeat after me, show up, show up. keep showing up. Keep showing up. <laughs> Good, all right, so you got it. <laughs> all right, so you know, it's the foundation of trust. And you could be the most gifted, most um, captivating, charismatic, and even a well-intentioned person, and I've seen this over the m many years, it's that without the sense of safety that consistent presence brings, without the availability to connect, people won't entrust you with their hearts, right? Um, you know, and if people can't entrust you with their hearts, then, you know, your life, sadly, will unsurprisingly be filled with people that will likely leave because you're just as willing to leave them since there's no basis or ability to connect. You know, Dr. Henry Cloud, best-selling author of Boundaries. How many of you have seen or heard that book, Boundaries? All right, so he says it really well. He says, inconsistent connections break the heart in a different way than abandonment. Brokenheartedness can come from being loved in an unpredictable way. A relationship with this type of person can feel like a feast or famine. You're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. How different inconsistent love is from the love of God who shines his warm light on us steadily and forever. Wow, so my question to you, what are you communicating? Are you communicating inconsistency to others? So I'm gonna list some questions and this will kind of give you a clue, okay? Do you find it hard to settle down in one church for a long time? Do you go to several churches at the same time? And that can be said of jobs or relationships, right? Do you find that something always comes up and going to Sunday worship or small group or anything that you've committed to gets bumped down to the last priority? Um, do you, are you stretched thin and involved in too many things at the same time, be it people or activities like ministries? Do you have FOMO, fear of missing out? Do you find that people always perceive you to be busy even when you aren't? And basically this is saying you're unavailable. Do people find you hard to reach, whether text or calling or in person? Do you f tend to find things out after the fact that it happened and you wonder why your close friends or your family never reach out to you in, in their time of need? Um, do you fall through on promises more often than not? Do you notice people walk on eggshells around you or don't know how to behave around you? Do you often go missing and nobody really knows where you're at or what you're doing most of the time? So the point is, your pattern of presence or absence is communicating something. And that determines how people relate to you. All right? So to the very least, it's telling people whether they can count on you or not. You know, whether it's as a friend, as a leader, as a business partner, as a spouse. Um, inconsistency also deters a leader from wanting to um, invest in you and raise you up because it's a signal of a transient heart, right? Imagine this, if, if a leader can't have a healthy expectation on you, to faithfully show up to what you've committed to, then obviously, you know, it's the leader or others that have to pick up the slack, and then the ministry gets hindered. So, you know, like the church, as with any organization or movement, it can't be built on a transient population that of people that easily come and go. 
So why is this all important? Like, what, what does this have to do with me? You know, ultimately, when we minister consistent presence or connection, we're manifesting God's steadfast love. You know, his love communicates like a firm loyalty, an unswerving dedication. Um, it's unmovable. It's unchangeable. It's, it's completely uh, dependable and determined. It's not fickle. It's not random. It's not unpredictable. It's God is love, right? And his love never fails. So you never have to wonder, like, God, are you going to be hot or cold in one moment to the next? Because he loves us with the same intensity and constancy. And, um, and it doesn't matter how we feel or um, what, we're, what, we, what we've done in the past or what we will do in the future. Um, Psalm 103, 17, 18 says, From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's steadfast love is with those who fear him. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Pastor Frank actually mentioned this this morning. Deuteronomy 31, 8, the Lord go himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Guys, meditate on these for a moment. I know we've heard these verses a lot, right? But ponder on how these truths can bring confidence and relief and strength to you, right? Um, you know, and Psalm uh, 139, 7, 8, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. In Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, surely I am with you always to the end of the age. So what I want to speak into is also the ministry of consistency is really calling us, uh, calling us back to the foundation of ministering out of who we are, the human being versus the human doing. Um, you know, by just showing up, being present before we're involving in our doing, okay? So the power of consistent presence is actually most evident in ministries amongst the grieving and dying. Um, how many of you have heard of Rick Warren? Rick Warren, the Purpose Driven Life author and the founding pastor of the Saddleback Church. So he actually went through a, a process of grieving because he had lost his son to suicide. And in an interview, this is what he said, show up and shut up. The deeper the pain, the fewer words you use. And there is nothing really that we can say, and many of, some of you have gone through that grieving, you know, that, that painful process. It's like nothing that we can say or do can really relieve or release these people from going through what they're going through. But presence, you know, sitting there in silence, embracing them in their emotional state or emotional wreck, right? And just waiting with them and waiting for them until they're ready to move on. Um, and I recently read a book by Henry Nouwen. Also, anybody heard of Henry Nouwen? Oh. So he is a um, well-known um, Catholic priest. He's a psychologist, professor, a writer. And he, in his book called In the Name of Jesus, he shares about his, his journey from spiritual burnout to um, God calling him out of his prestigious position at Harvard to um, become a pastor for a home, um, for a home with people with intellectual disabilities. So um, he writes, I'm gonna read a little bit from his book, so just try to take in what is being said, okay? And try to put yourself in his position. Not yet. <laughs> okay, so the first thing that struck me when I came to live in a house with mentally handicapped people was that their liking or disliking of me had absolutely nothing to do with many of the useful things that I've done until then. Since nobody could read my books, they could not impress anyone. And since most of them never went to school, my 20 years at Notre Dame, Yale, and Harvard did not provide a significant introduction. 
Not being able to use any of the skills that I've proved so practical in the past was a real source of anxiety. I was suddenly faced with my naked self, open for affirmations and rejections, hugs and punches, smiles and tears, all dependent simply on how I was perceived at that moment. So it seemed as though I was starting my life all over again. Relationships, connections, reputations could no longer be counted on. These broken, wounded, and completely unpretentious people forced me to let go of my relevant self. And what self is that? The self that can do things, that can show things, that can prove things, that can build things. And forced me to reclaim the um, unadorned self in which I am completely vulnerable, open to receive and give love regardless of any accomplishments. And this is the key that he wants to point out. The Christian leader of the future is called to be completely irrelevant and to stand in the world with nothing to offer but his or her own vulnerable self. This is the way Jesus came to reveal God's love, that he loves us not because of what we do or accomplish, but because he created and redeemed us in love. So what it's saying is stripped away from what we've known, we've come to know, whether it's you know, our credentials, our accomplishments, our capabilities, or lack thereof, or our reputations, you know, it's the sufficiency in being made in God's image and being his masterpiece, Ephesians 2.10, and having his spirit inside of us that enables us to just be and powerfully minister through our consistent presence. Um, so what I want to say is to the person that feels like I have nothing to offer, I don't know what giftings I have, consistent presence. It's one of the most powerful ministries that you can give to people in servicing people and God. For those that says, I'm called to more than that, well, consistent presence. And then God will propel you to serving capacities that are far beyond what you can imagine. Because he did that for me. So um, when I was 17, as you know, Pastor Fran had mentioned, um, I told her, I was like, I'm never going to be a leader. I'm only going to be a follower. That was my statement to her. And it was true in the reality of, like, I was highly insecure. I was very introverted and I was kind of a newbie-ish believer. And um, looking back, if there was something that I got right, it was that I somehow got a hold of this principle of showing up. So ever since especially I came to this church, I just never ceased to show up, you know, and to serve in whatever capacity I can, whether it's stacking chairs or holding the door or doing dishes, right? And, you know, get this, the me that used to tell my leaders that I can't hear the voice of God or I don't know how to hear the voice of God ended on the altar ministry team where I was required to seek God for a word to pray for people every single week. The me that um, was a homebody mainly because I was fearful of everything and everyone ended up traveling alone to Cambodia and you know doing an eight-month mission trip and then eventually leading small small short-term teams there. And the me that was soft-spoken and that um, didn't want to repeat what I just said because I just felt like it wasn't worth, you know, hearing, is now standing here before you sharing this word. Like, how does that work? You know, it, it just doesn't. Amen. Yeah. How does that work? You know, and Pastor Frank said it, but God, he makes it happen, you know. And it was basically me prioritizing, making myself available to God, to people that then he calls, he provides the divine opportunities and, and connections, he equips, he anoints, and then these things opened up. And I, I sincerely believe this, but like it wasn't my giftedness that paved the way for me to serve in all these areas. But it was just me being consistently present to God, to the leaders, to people, that then 
enabled me to serve. Um, and so, you know, what I'm trying to, to present tonight is this idea of simplifying ministry. You know, stripping away ministry of the glamour and the drudgery and the demands and the requirements that we've come to attach to it. And to really see that, and just to offer the core us of just being, you know, the sufficiency in that, that we're made in God's image, you know, and that, you know, Pastor Frank said, it's not us doing something, it's God doing something in us. So, you know, being called to be, be and then do. And, you know, I'm not obviously calling you guys to be present to everywhere and everyone because that's impossible, right? But what I'm calling you to do is ask the Lord, you know, God, what are your priorities for my life? You know, what places and people are you calling me to minister consistency to? And, um, you know, like, are you, min are you consistently ministering your presence and your connection with God? Are you ministering consistency to God? You know, that's really our first priority, right? Are you consistently making space for him, being present to him in your day-to-day? -day? Because he is our source, right? He's the reason why we serve. And, you know, and for those of you that don't have a relationship with God yet, then I invite you to know a God that is ministering consistency to you every waking and sleeping moment. You know, a God that isn't flustered by your raw self, a God that is just you know, he's unchanging. And in a world where there's nothing that's certain, his love, his fervent and steadfast love is the only thing that's certain. And so lastly, I want to leave you with a challenge. And that is, what if we cultivated a hominess where when someone comes to Viva Church or when someone encounters like a believer, that they just immediately, you know, um, let their guard down. They have this instinctive trust to let their guard down and be themselves. Thank you for listening to the message. We believe that we weren't meant to do life alone, so feel free to reach out by following and DMing us at Viva Young Adults. And don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone you know.